You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power of White podcast with your host, Jeanette Collazo. Today, I'm going to talk about a very interesting topic because a lot of people don't compare people with equipment often. I do. I do because sometimes it's easier for me to explain how employees' behavior affect productivity when I compare how em- how equipment behavior affects productivity. So that's what we're going to be talking today. We're going to be comparing people to equipment. We're going to talk about the metrics. Specifically, we're going to talk about OEE, and we're going to be discussing how OEE, or overall equipment effectiveness, it's improved through people, even though even though when you measure it, the formula does not include people, not directly. And that's the reason why I got involved a little bit with this metric, because people, they were not being considered as part of the importance of this metric until I decided that it was going to happen. It was going to happen because you cannot measure the equipment effectiveness if you don't evaluate human interaction with that equipment. And that's why I started having discussions with management at some point on, you know, how you measure it and the reality of what's happening. Remember, numbers don't lie. But people lie with numbers. And that's why it's so important to understand the formulas of the metrics that you're seeing, that you're analyzing, because I can change the whole number just by changing the definition of one of the variables. Okay, so if I change the definition, I can immediately increase or decrease, whatever the intention is, the numbers to what it's favorable for me, the organization or whatever it is. Okay. So that's why I want to talk about this because I want you to think about why is it that it turns out to be this number and what it's, you know, what is affecting the results of this measurement. So we're talking about that today and we're going to make that comparison and see how things associated to people will have an impact, direct and positive correlation with OEE increase and improvement. So what is OE? OE, it's a metric that measures the health of your equipment, right? You manufacture, you use your equipment to create the product, right? And and you expect that that equipment, it's going to be, you know, performing as expected. And the expectation is not only how the equipment works mechanically, but also the use of that equipment and how much we are taking, you know, from the equipment when it comes to using your resources to the maximum capacity, right? So you buy equipment and it makes, I don't know, a hundred pellets per minute. You want that equipment to do a hundred pellets per minute. The problem is that sometimes because of issues with the process, you cannot use the equipment to us to its optimum capacity. Let's say that in this example, the pellets are not, you know, take a little bit more time because they get stick together or whatever the the situation is, then most likely you end up with an equipment that because of the product can't give you the 
maximum number of units that the equipment is designed to give you. Let's say that there are certain delays in this process and instead of taking, you know, being able to do 100, you are able to do 85. So when you do your validation exercise in terms of what your equipment can do, then you determine based on our product, the, the speed and the productivity that we expect from this equipment is 85 pellets, not 100, even though the equipment can do 100. So the idea behind this metric is that you do whatever it takes to achieve quote-unquote perfection, okay? Now, perfection is not going to be attainable, and that's why when you calculate OE and based on the theory of OE and the techniques of OE, you have to, they acknowledge this, and that's why when you talk about world-class OE, it would be 85%, and that's what they expect. They do know that there is going to be some losses. Now, those losses are considered based on what you determine. So let me explain this. You say that the equipment can do a hundred pellets and that's the speed, you know, of the equipment. Now, based on your product, it does 85, right? So if you use the speed of what you can do with the equipment yourself, your a hundred percent becomes your 85. So all, from the get go, you're losing 15% when you do this. Okay. Now, one of the reasons why I started, you know, discussing all of these things with OE was the fact that, and and again, and you know, I I tried to start very serious, but then when I started talking about things that happen, you, you know, sometimes you just have to laugh because it's so ridiculous in some instances that you would have to laugh. And I'm going to tell you this story. This is what's happening. Here it is, Jeanette, the training person, right? In a meeting. And everybody is talking about how OEE needs to be measured because now the company wants that metric to be used in each one of the of the sites, the manufacturing sites. So you can compare the productivity from one site to the other, which eventually could lead to you gaining more volume for your site, right? If I have very good effectiveness of my equipment and I demonstrate that I have a very responsible use and I'm using my equipment to its maximum, meaning I'm very efficient, that could let the company, or that could lead the company to assign extra volume to you. And then you maintain your, the health of your side and so on. So this is what's happening. They're discussing the formula and they're discussing those comparisons with, you know, because we needed to establish our own, you know, how we were going to measure this, but we wanted to compare apples to apples right now. Here is what happened. The company sent a formula for this, right? Now, let me go back to the definition of OE. I mentioned it's the health of the equipment, but it's based on three main indicators, right? Or three main elements or variables that you have to calculate, okay? The first one is availability of the equipment. So the equipment needs to be available if you want me to use it, right? So if my equipment is available half time, you know, half, you know, half percent of the times, then you start with 50% losses. Okay. That's, that's the idea here. So what can make the equipment not be available? Well, breakdowns, non-unplanned downtime, troubleshooting that was not part of the previous calculations, meaning, you know, you do planned troubleshooting and you have to stop the equipment and that's all factored in before you do your calculation. So the metric allows you to subtract losses that are 
that are planned because they add value. Okay, so if I stop my production for two weeks in my shutdown, right, that's going to be considered as part of the losses that I, and, and it's not losses, again, that's why you can't consider, you know, shutdowns and all these things as unplanned downtime, because it's part of what you need to do to have your equipment available. So it does make sense when you see it like this, right? So the availability of the equipment is very important. So, you know, setups, adjustments, unplanned downtime, breakups, all of that is part of availability. That's one, right? The availability. Then we have performance of the equipment. And it now is that we're talking about speed. Now is that we're talking about minor stops and, you know, how much time the equipment is idle. All of these things are part of the performance, okay? So it needs to be available and it needs to work, right? So we are adding those two things, which is absolutely Correct, right? And that's why I got so involved with this metric because I, you know, working with balanced scorecards and scorecards and KPIs and metrics and all of that with all my life, this was the only metric that I said, this metric makes sense. I have the equipment, it, the equipment is working properly. And then the, the third element is the quality of the product, meaning I did a hundred batches and a hundred batches were released. Then a hundred percent of quality is going to be considered here because OE is calculated in, you know, as a percentage. Okay. So defects, rework, startup and yield losses, all of those things are going to affect that variable. So we have availability needs to be available to, for me to use it. It needs to work in an optimum performance level and it needs to give me quality product that I can actually sell. That's beautiful. That tells you everything you need to know from a manufacturing facility. It tells you everything. It's actually is a metric that it's mostly used in finance, which is interesting because yeah, finance, you know, looks at certain things from the money perspective. And that's at the end of the day what you want because we're talking about a business. So it's interesting that finance uses the OEE metric to evaluate not only the health of the equipment, the health of the site, because you're nothing without equipment, but you're nothing without people either. And this is the discussion that I wanted to land on. So based on this situation, I'm going back to my story. We were trying to establish the formula and we noticed that the company sent a formula that for me was a formula in which you were, you know, lying to yourself. I always ask like, but why like that? You know, why, why do we have this metric? Well, we have a metric that wants you to know the health of your manufacturing process, right? So that's that's what we want. But the idea behind OE, because it's part of the total quality or TPM or all of that, you know, Six Sigma and all of these Six Sigma and productivity improvement and continuous improvement philosophies, right? That's the idea behind OE, that you are going to be the best that you can be. And you can be as good as the manufacturer specification, right? So if the manufacturer tells me it's a hundred, that should be your metric because you want to be as perfect, quote unquote, as possible, right? So the problem that we saw with this particular formula was that the company was using the, the, the speed, the validated speed. Okay. Remember a hundred pellets versus 85, right? So if I validate it, that you can do 
85 pellets, and that's the fastest that the, the equipment can go, because that's what you're saying. You're using the speed, and the speed is supposed to be how much the equipment can do. But you're in the formula, what they were saying is this is the most that I can do, not the equipment, me. So inefficiencies were already factored in. And that's not going to allow a lot of room based on the metric to be able to improve. And that's why I was like, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself because if I want to increase speed, meaning look at this, it's not the actual speed, it's the metric. And I can manipulate the metric. How? Saying that my equipment can't do that many. So I, what I can do to improve OE, it's actually validate my inefficiencies. I can actually take my process and say, okay, I'm going to revalidate, but I'm going to make sure that we can do 50. Now, the maximum speed, it's not 85, which is not actually what it was because you can do 100. Now it's 50. So when you calculate it, it's going to give you, it's 100% based on the speed. Which speed? Your slow speed? or the capacity of the equipment. And that's where we got into a, a situation. I said, you know what? If the company wants you to measure it like that, do it. You can do it because we want to make sure that we are being compared fairly with other sites. I don't want you to use a metric. You know, I don't want to be, oh my God, the sanctimonious side that, you know, I'm going to shoot myself on the foot just because, you know, I want to be this, you know, oh my God, no. You want to make sure that you are being compared in the same way that everybody else is being measured. So I said, I understand that we have to do it like that. But at the site, we should use the manufacturer specifications, okay? And the maximum that the manufacturer, because that's what we can achieve. If our pellets are not, you know, are creating a delay in the process, then we have to work with that to make sure that we can do more. And not just say equipment, do little, do less. So my number goes higher. And that's what was happening. It's like saying, well, you know, and I've seen this in metrics. One particular metric that I once saw was, you know, we want that the KPI this year is to reduce the number of pages in my batch record. Well, you can do that by reducing the type of the font and eliminating, you know, spaces you can do that. All you have to do is select all, change the font, and single space. You have five pages less, ten pages less. So you don't want to lie to yourself. You want to create procedures that are efficient, that have what you want, that don't have non-value-added activities. That's the idea behind the metric. It's not to have shorter procedures. It's to have better and efficient use of our documents and our procedures to have a better process. And that's what we're looking for. So at this point, I knew that the if you want it to be perfect, quote unquote, you need it to not lie to yourself. I said, that's fantastic. We, we are going to send that metric to corporate, but we are going to follow our metric. Our metric is really comparing ourselves to our best self. And that's what I wanted to do. So I got very involved in that discussion and this is what happened. So I decided that I was going to investigate this. And I remember I was starting my doctoral dissertation, right? And I'm very practical. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to find multiple purposes. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I'm very practical. And that's what part of the success, because I, I don't do things just for the fun of it. 
I mean, I do it if it's really fun, but you imagine I have to do a study to demonstrate something to the company that I'm working. Okay, so let's make this my my doctoral dissertation. And I remember I had already started a doctoral dissertation very specific to human error, but at this point I said, I want to demonstrate that people have an impact in this metric because they were, in that meeting, they were like, but Jeanette, you're training. You know what, why would you get involved in this? And I'm like, well, because people are involved in that. And even though you're not measuring anything associated to people in this metric, I'm going to show you that the fact that you're not looking at it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's there. We're going to see how people affect OE because you don't have to have that. You just have to think about it. Availability of the equipment also means that there is somebody to use it availability of the equipment is how fast my operator is going to do some troubleshooting at some point because it's going to be available again because that unplanned downtime it's going to be reduced because of the person so that's why I was like wait a minute I am involved if you're talking about people I am involved and I'm going to demonstrate how people have an impact and that's the moment in which I said I'm going to scrap the half of my doctoral dissertation and I'm going to do a full doctoral dissertation demonstrating that that people can affect OE, even though it was obvious. But sometimes you have to put it in paper and say you studied it, even though it's obvious. But again, here I am being the master of the obvious and doing a doctoral dissertation to demonstrate that people have a, a, a an impact in equipment when that should be obvious. But again, here we are. So this is what I did or we did in the in the study. We took, because OE, you can measure it by, by site, by department, by equipment, by line. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're evaluating. As long as you're calculating availability, performance, and quality, you can measure it anywhere. All right? Now, what I, I did was, you know, try to identify what affects performance. Of course, human error. That's That was a given, and that was the reason I was there, right? So if I make mistakes and I have to stop production until I know if I can continue, that has an impact in the availability of the equipment, the performance of the equipment. And not only that, you can make a mistake and the equipment is available, it's working perfectly, but then I have a defect and I have to throw it away. It's going to affect OE. And that's the good thing about this metric because it's not just, oh, the equipment is available 100% of the time or the performance is perfect and the quality is perfect and we can see it you know, separately. This one is saying, if your process has a very good availability, a very good performance and the product is good, then we can say that your OE is high. And that's going to eventually mean that you're selling more product because you're actually doing, you know, release of those batches that you're selling in. That is a good one, that we don't have complaints, that we don't have recalls, that we don't have anything. It's out there. And it, it was very good, you know, very well measured and very well manage the equipment. So that's basically what this means. So what, what I did in that particular study was to take three departments and actually, no, it was six departments. Remember, this was a long time ago, but I keep seeing it. Actually, one thing about people is that things that have to do with humans don't change that, that much over time. Equipment does, but people are basically the same people. We can have me less memory, less attention or other things or more, whatever. And that could, you know, variate, but that's kind of what you expect. So, so when it comes to looking at 
what I did back then, it totally applies today. Okay, so this is what happened. We took the departments and there was one of them that had a very high OE. I think it was 80 and 85 it's is world class, right? But we had another department that was 40. So I had a good a good sample. I had one, you know, the numbers that could potentially uh, suggest good practices because you don't know if we are achieving OEE because I'm hitting you in the head like go go go. You know that's that you can get OEE, but then that's not necessarily is going to be a good practice. Okay, so we're gonna consider that as well, and that's what makes a difference between equipment and people. I have to consider emotions. Okay, that's that's what's happening there. So I took all of those departments and then I did an investigation on variables that were identified by the Department of Labor as you know practices that are important for the success of our organi- our for success of the organization and there was skills there was you know growth there was you know different variables but i decided in my study to limit my study to three main that i wanted to demonstrate that if those practices were implemented and I did not do it in absolute numbers, it was a gradient of level of implementation. So lower implementation of this practice yields this and the higher yields that. So my hypothesis was that if you had higher levels of And these are the three variables that I use. Association, which is how much do I feel I belong in this organization, right? So there is a component of this is part of me. And I wanted to know if you felt that way and we gave you stocks and we gave you more participation related to the performance, then maybe that could have an impact in the increase of the metric of of the levels of OE. So that was the first one, association. Then we had organization and organization means the levels of hierarchy because my hypothesis there was that if you are not close to the information, then the operator cannot see certain elements from the business. So if you have these, all these hierarchical, you know, levels that could make the operator feel he's so far away from the organization that there is that psychological contract, you know, is broken, right? And then the last but not least, and this was my surprise, was participation. How much operators participate in the organization's decision, okay? And I thought that could be linked to to the hierarchy. But then later during the study, I learned that one thing doesn't have to do with the other. If people participate, it doesn't matter how many layers do I have in my organizational structure. That was one of the things that we discovered, okay? So we measure this. So I go to the areas, I do focus groups, I do interviews, I evaluate documents, I do, you know, a questionnaire. We do everything, you know, the data gathering was pretty comprehensive and actually the questionnaire was a validated questionnaire it's a doctoral dissertation so it has to be scientific and I wanted my degree so I needed to make sure that I was going to pass my dissertation that's the last step right so I I wanted to be proud of what I was doing but I wanted my degree okay so considering all of this we did this study and what I discovered was that the higher the OE, the higher the participation. And that's a correlation, but that doesn't mean causation, right? So I noticed, wait a minute, these departments that have very high OE also scored very high on the level of participation of their people. 
Not necessarily happened the same thing with association. There was no correlation with the level of association that I felt or the structure of, or, or the, of the organization was more about me participating, which is interesting because if I participate, I feel part of the organization. There you go with association. If I participate, I know that the levels are being, or, or those hierarchy levels are being blurred for some time, so I can participate, so there it goes. So what we learned was that participation takes care of everything else. And when we did the, you know, the ANOVA analysis, very statistical, you know, very, very, very precise, we discovered that participation not only correlates, it's a positive and real correlation, and it actually demonstrated that participation increases or decreases OE, what was, you know, proven in that study. So basically, and here we go with common sense again, basically, if you want to make sure that your equipment is available, that it works like it's going to work and that there is quality, you have to ask your people, they know how to. That's all. That's all. So all of this just to demonstrate that if you want to be better, you have to talk to the ones that really know what they're doing. And that's the operators. And that's what I do. That's why I do what I do. A lot of people think that when I study human error is just to blame people. It's totally the, op the opposite. It's to demonstrate that people are doing the best that they can with what they have. And sometimes what they have is not enough. And that's how participation allows you to increase OE. I think that's enough for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Power of Why podcast. Remember to subscribe and send me an email to thepowerofwhypodcast at gmail.com and we'll take the discussion from there. Thank you so much for listening. Take it away. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.